Hey, BA fam, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Hey, VA fam, it's time for the VAQA, the VAQA, ah, the VAQA. Y'all have no idea how self-conscious I am when I have to sing that song by myself. But here I am riding solo for this week's edition of the VAQA. I hope that's okay with y'all. I'm going to take some really juicy career questions because I just can't help myself. When I sat down to choose questions today from our listeners, I was like, I can answer money questions. I know some stuff, even though (laughs) Tiffany's not here. But then I just got into the career questions and I can't help myself. I love this so much. And y'all have some really, really interesting career challenges happening today. I'm your girl, Mandy Money. So let's get into it. Just a quick reminder, if you want to submit a question for the show, you got a couple of options. The best and fastest way to get into our inbox is to head over to IG. Make sure you follow at Brown Ambition Podcast and slide into our DMs. You can submit your questions there. If you want us to just read your question, go ahead and type it out. If you'd like to be considered to be a guest in our studio doing a live Q&A, then send us a voice message. You only get 60 seconds. You may have to break it up into a couple of different voice notes, but go ahead and submit your question via a voice note and you may be asked to join BA in the studio. So exciting. All right. But today I am shaking up this money mailbag and I'm answering y'all's career questions. So let's get into it. Our first question comes from listener Elena. Elena, my heart goes out to you already. But let's get into this. Elena says, how does one prepare financially for pregnancy and having your first child? I recently found out I'm expecting I'm married, we have no debt, we max out our retirement accounts, and we have a two bedroom apartment. Plus, we both make six figures. Okay, Elena, flex on them. (laughs) My current company's HR policy states that maternity leave will run concurrently to FMLA. Is this common? I thought I could take four months off maternity leave and then add on the 12-week FMLA. Any thoughts? I'm going to stop there, even though Elena has a couple of more questions, because girl, I was the exact same as you when I found out I was expecting my first son. I was working full time for a company that offered only... was it eight weeks when I started? I think they bumped it to 12 weeks. And I too was like, oh, I can just take my company paid maternity leave. And then I also get FMLA on top of that. But nope, then I also learned what the word concurrently means. It means that you actually do not get to just stack on your FMLA to your company's paid time off. Um, It sucks, but it's true. Um, Basically, what FMLA does, and it stands for the Family and Medical Leave Act, which is the least that America 
decided to do for working families who want to start families or have families because it's like the bare minimum. You are, I believe, just guaranteed 12 months or sorry, 12 weeks of coverage. If you were to leave your job, like you would come back and you should still have a job for those 12 weeks, but it does not provide any other benefits and does not pay you. Um, and of course, it's not required for companies to offer paid uh, parental leave. The only reason companies do is because rightfully so, they realize they need to attract talent. And one of the best ways they can attract talent because our company or our country is kind of trash when it comes to our parental leave is to offer parental leave, right? The same way that our companies become our source of health benefits, because until Obamacare, there wasn't a marketplace, there wasn't an easy way for an everyday worker to get health benefits if it weren't for their employer providing it. So you see how they get us? You see how they convince us that we need to work for the man? The man's got our benefits. He's got our maternity leave. He's got our healthcare benefits. Okay. So well played the man. But let me talk to you. So when you're preparing for your first kid, I think you're doing exactly right when it comes to going through your company's parental leave policy and really understanding it and running through it with a fine tooth comb and even hopping on the phone with your benefits department so that you can even further understand and make sure that you're, you know, comprehending everything correctly. I was a little surprised myself by um, the complexities that go into like going on maternity leave and the forms you have to fill out. And technically it's considered a disability. So I had to file some disability paperwork. It was a lot. Um, and so I would just say, take your time with it. And yeah, there may be a rude awakening for those of y'all who aren't, you know, thinking of having a kid now. And maybe that's not top of your mind when you're choosing where to work. And maybe you don't mind that they don't have paid maternity leave. Or if they do, that it's only, you know, a short amount of time. Maybe it's not, your, you know, top of your list right now. But as soon as it becomes real and you do have, you know, either you're expecting or your partner is and then you want to, you know, find out about your benefits, you may be in for a bit of a rude awakening. Um, while parental leave is getting more common, it still is not as generous at very many companies. Um, I think that we've, you know, heard of like big tech companies offering like six months parental leave, even for the spouse, like it's crazy. Um, but that's certainly not the case in so many different industries and so many different companies. So definitely look at your policy closely. And then you got to make a game plan. Really, you have to decide you know, if we're going to finance our own leave, like, let's say, for example, you want to take your company's full four months, but you want to do an additional two months on top of that, you know, do you have enough money in the bank, because you wouldn't be paid for that time to cover that time off. And then you have to think about, will my company be okay with me taking an extended leave? And what assurances do I have from them that I'll have a job when I come back? I'm not an employment law attorney, I should have started off by saying that. But I'm guessing that if it's outside that 12 week Family and Medical Leave Act window where you have to, you know, your job is protected under that act while you're on leave, if you go beyond that, then I'm going to assume it's not protected. But shit, I mean, let me be honest, I found out last week that in the middle of Twitter, and Elon Musk laying off half of its freaking workforce, that one of the people who was laid off was in the middle of her maternity leave. Yeah. So even though she qualified for maternity leave, she was still let go smack in the middle of it, right? Now they get severance and she'll be fine, but it just goes to show that 
the policy is the policy until the company's business and bottom line and what shareholders wants becomes the greater, you know, the greater important thing in that moment. So it is what it is. But let's go on to the rest of your questions. You say before finding out I was pregnant, I was getting ready to apply for new jobs. But now it seems like I wouldn't be able to get maternity leave in a new company or any job security. Should I wait to leave until after I return from maternity leave? Oh, this is a juicy one. And you know, I've actually talked to women who have applied for jobs while they're pregnant and haven't told them. And, you know, thanks to the pandemic and the increase of remote working, they can't see below your neck. So who's to say she's expecting? Um, it's perfectly fine to take a job. You can be nine months pregnant and take a job. In fact, I remember the CEO of Yahoo, where I worked about a decade ago, Marissa Meyer, she had come from Google. It was a whole big thing. It was like a pop culture moment meets tech at the same time. And Marissa Meyer took that job when she was pregnant with twins, like very publicly visibly pregnant with twins. Um, yeah, and it happens and it's fine. Um, but you do want to review your benefits package. You don't have to tell them why, but you should say I want the full benefits package, please for my own review and find out what you need to do in order to qualify for their paid leave. They may have some sort of fine print that says you have to work here for at least six months or a year. I worked for a company that said if I left within a year of coming back from maternity leave, that I have to pay them back for my leave. Yeah. Um, now that is not totally uncommon. So I would definitely read your fine print. But to your point about like, you want to apply for new jobs, but it seems like you wouldn't be able to get maternity leave in a new company or any job security. Like, I would fight fear with facts in that in that case, like get some job offers, go do the interview and find out what their benefits package is. Maybe asking for their benefits package is one of the first things you request from the recruiter so that you can kind of get it out of the way and, um, you know, weed them out based on if they are allowing you to get parental leave right away. Um, another example is that I had a friend who got a job at Google he was working at Etsy at the time. Google recruited him. His wife was expecting and they were like, go ahead, come to Google and you can take your first, you can take your six months. This is Google, okay? You can take your six months of parental leave before you even start. Okay, I was like, say what? Um, so some companies are pretty generous with it, but you have to actually get in a place where you're getting offers so you can review them before you make a decision, right, Elena? So that's what I'm constantly talking to my clients about is don't wonder, get some facts. And the best way to get facts is to always be looking and taking those interviews. You ain't gotta tell them you're expecting. It takes a long time to cook a nugget. You know what I mean? Cook a baby. So you may interview now and then you may get like six months with the company and then take your leave. But you do want to find out for your own purposes, like what their policy is and all of that. Um, so no, I would not at all say that you shouldn't be applying. I think you should, especially if you feel like you're ready. Um, you just want to find a company that treats its families, treats its workers who have families really well. And, um, you know, do your own research to find out what their own what their benefits are and see how well supported you would be. Okay, um, now let's play devil's advocate and kind of look at what would happen if you were to wait until you come back from maternity leave to then leave your company and start looking. Well, let me tell you something. Let me tell you a little thing. This is your first child. Okay, you don't have one yet. Something dies in you when you're <laughs> I'm kidding. 
But the reality is that after you have a kid, things just get harder, Elena. And when, as long as you're past the first trimester, you know, you got energy, you have all your brain is still in your head, and you remember things and you sparkle and all that. It took me about a year before I felt sparkly. And before I felt like I could, you know, really bring my whole self to the table again, after I had my son, um, it just takes so much out of you. So I honestly would vote for do the interviews, get the job, sparkle and shine and get the great, you know, do the negotiation all of that to become to put yourself in a great job before you have the kid because when you come back from maternity leave oh the emotions of coming back to work plus the fact that a tiny human has left your body and taken like 90% of your brain with it somehow on the way out I'm just saying there's pros to doing the job search while you are just worrying about yourself and your partner while you have all the time in the world to prep for interviews and to put your best foot forward through the interview process, okay? Also, can we go back to your question about like, should I leave or should I stay where I have some job security? Remember what I said about that woman who I heard about at Twitter who was laid off during maternity leave? Listen, there is no such thing as a stable job. There's no such thing as total job security, no matter how secure you think your job is. As soon as that company's business needs change and move in a different direction, believe me and trust, they will pivot in that new direction. Come hell or come high water, inevitably it will happen even if they try to delay it. It's just the reality. And way too often in jobs that we think are stable, we are thrown out on our asses and come to the really uncomfortable realization that, oh shit, the whole time I thought I was in a stable situation, but I was always dispensable to them. You know, that's just the reality of what it is. So I definitely wouldn't think that you're guaranteed any sort of security, you know, just because you're working for a company, okay? Um, let's see, you ask, and then you have an, a final question here. Your husband's company doesn't offer paternity leave. He plans to take his FMLA, so his 12 weeks of unpaid leave. Any advice on how to go about this, or can we nudge the company to get with the times and provide leave for dads? Well, you can do what you can to nudge the company, but I would say, like, what are you going to do? Like, write a letter to HR saying, we'd really like if you would give us paid leave for, you know, fathers or spouses and partners as well. Um, you could try, but I'm telling you, there's no greater message than I'm turning in my two weeks notice and here's why. My wife is expecting, I'm not able to take off paid leave to be a supportive partner. So I'm going to go to this company, which has generously op offered me 12 weeks of paid leave. There's no better message than on your way out the door, telling them why you're leaving and making sure they know that unpaid parental leave is one of the main factors you've taken into consideration before you turned in your notice. That is a message that HR will hear because the last thing HR wants to do, even though it's like kind of their jobs, is spend a bunch of time recruiting replacements for people who have left, you know? So the benefits department, and here's the other thing. I remember myself working at a company that offered really like crap parental leave. It was eight weeks when I first started, eight paid weeks. And I remember being like, this is really shitty. And the benefits person saying, yeah, we're trying to fix it. Please let us know if you almost didn't take this job because of our parental leave, because that makes their jobs easier. They can make a better case for improving their benefits when they have to go to the board and ask for those types of, you know, improvements and adjustments. So, 
I know we're not talking about your husband thinking about quitting his job and maybe it's too much too soon. But I'm just saying there are plenty of companies that offer paid leave. I wish there were more. But if it really means a lot to you, then I mean, he should be hitting the job market too and working for a company that offers those benefits. Um, otherwise, your option is for him to take his 12 weeks of unpaid FMLA leave. And then you guys have got to figure out without his income for those 12 weeks, you know, what expenses are you going to reduce? Or how can you make it work with just the four months of paid leave that you're going to be getting from your job. You know, isn't adulting fun? <laughs> oh, God, nothing felt me made me feel more like a grown up than having a, a child. Oh, my Lord. Anyway, Elena, thank you for this question. I hope that so many listeners identified with you. And hey, you may not think that you're ready for a kid. I sure as hell didn't until I was at until I was 32. And then I was like, Oh, okay, let's do this thing. But before that, you may not think that it's the most important thing as you're looking for companies to work for. But why not go ahead? If you even think that you may want children, and you may want to work at a company for a while, take that into consideration when you're weighing your options and ask questions about their parental leave policy. You're well within your right to do it. And companies need to know that job candidates are woke to the fact that they have to come to the table with benefits that, you know, honor the fact that it's really freaking hard to be a working parent in this company and not get paid when you're on leave. Do you have any idea how much daycare costs? Like this shit is crazy. So I need, I need, I need more people to stand up for themselves in the job interview process, ask about those benefits. Because like I said, when they know that we care, that is when we really see change happening. All right. Okay. I'm getting off my soapbox for a little minute. I will be right back in just a minute after these ads to answer another listener question. This is Mandy Money with Brown Ambitions BAQA. Hey, BA fam, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Hey, BA fam, our fellow entrepreneurs and creatives, this message is sponsored by Squarespace. It is the ultimate toolkit for crafting your online presence. With Squarespace, it's really about more than just building a website. It's about shaping your online identity and making your mark. So say goodbye to checkout headaches with Squarespace's flexible payment options. From credit cards to Apple Pay, they've got you covered. And if you live in an eligible country, they offer buy now, pay later options with Afterpay and clear pay, which means that your customers have even more ways to purchase your products. So head over to squarespace.com and kickstart your journey with a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, don't forget to use our link squarespace.com slash brown ambition to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Just visit squarespace.com slash brown ambition to get your discount today. Remember, your online success story begins with Squarespace. So what are you waiting for? Let's build something extraordinary together. 
Hey, 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 BA fam. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. That's incredible. This is according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 150 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Okay, it's smart. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Brown Ambition. Just go to Indeed.com slash Brown Ambition right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Brown Ambition. Terms and conditions apply. You need to hire. You need Indeed. Hey, VA fam. All right, we are back with our second question. This is a juicy one from my friend, Tranika. Not actually my friend, but after reading your question, I feel like I know you, girl, okay? So let's get into it. Tranika says, I want to start off by saying I have been listening to you ladies since 2019. I appreciate all the knowledge you have both shared, as well as your personal experience. It helps us all see you as real people with real lives. Yes, we keep it 100 here at BA. All right, not gonna lie. And Trinika says, I want to offer my sincere condolences to Tiffany and the loss of Superman. Thank you for that. My dilemma, Trinika says, is I have two jobs and I can't keep working them both. I was originally working as a home health hospice nurse. I love the job. I had the freedom to make my own schedule. I can have time to do personal things and I get paid well. They even promoted me to assist the manager in addition to doing patients visits. I applied for the new job because back in July of last year, we had a different manager who I disliked working with her. So I decided to apply for another job at a VA hospital. It took forever, but they finally gave me the job and I took it. But since then, my hospice job has hired a new manager and she treats me like an important part of the team. She makes me feel so appreciated. They just moved into a new office this week, and she asked me to be the first person to come in and pick out an office because she wants me to come work with her full-time in the day. I currently work full-time days at my other job at the VA, and then I come and do my hospice patients in the evening, and I do all my admin work at night. I love this hospice job and the freedom it gives me, plus the small team and the closest of the staff is great, but... I was fired from a job many years ago, about 20 years ago. And ever since then, I've had the fear that someone may walk in and say, look, I don't like you anymore. You're fired. I know that's an exaggeration, but it's one of the reasons why I've always had two jobs. But the big issue is that I don't like my second job that much. I micromanage to the extreme. I work as a nursing assistant instead of a nurse. So I don't feel that I'm given opportunity to grow or use my skill set. But the advantage of my second job is the union and the benefits. I hope I was able to explain this in a way that makes sense. Both jobs pay the same, by the way. Okay, Trinika. Actually, this is hilarious. You ended this whole explanation without a question. But I am going to assume that you want some advice on whether or not you should be keeping these two jobs. All right. I can a thousand percent identify with what it feels like to want to have a backup. You know, like you found out you were, you were fired, you know, 20 years ago and that still stays with you. I was laid off over 10 years ago and that still stays with me. It's the message of, oh, our fates are not entirely our own when we put them in the hands of an employer. But here's the thing. I want you to 
think like stick with me for like a minute and imagine for a second who you are now and who you weren't 20 years ago. And who you are today, 20 years later, is someone with over 20 years of experience in your field, someone whose talents have been observed and recognized, so much so that two places were wanting to hire you at the same damn time. And you are finally feeling what the, you know, the lovely side effects are of being appreciated at work. And your job at the hospice center, like you said, they give you freedom, they give you autonomy, they respect and value you like girl, they let you come in and pick your own office like that's incredible. And it's very, um, it's sweet when you actually work someplace that values you, but I think you need to value yourself as well. And I think you need to kind of like shrug your shoulders back and just absorb the fact that you're not who you were 20 years ago and that you have skills, you have experience, you have a professional network that would be your safety net if ever again you were proven to be disposable by a company. If they were to let you go or like you said, someone came in who didn't like the way you looked and then just fired you, although that would be illegal. But anyway, if your greatest fear came true that you were once again fired or let go, through no fault of your own, if that were to happen, you wouldn't be in the same place as you were 20 years ago, okay? I, without knowing very much about you, can tell you that today. And it's the same thing that gave me the courage and the confidence to step away entirely from the corporate world um, in 2021 and launch my business. It's because if I had done that at 22, you know, after I got laid off, my first job after moving to New York, had I done that back then, I couldn't say I was as professionally resilient back then as I feel I am now. I could afford to take the risk of branching out on my own because I have confidence that today I am hella employable. And even if one place didn't want me, I could find many others that would because I have developed so many skills that are in demand. And I know if all else fails and tomorrow the world wakes up and they're like, Mandy money is canceled, can't stand her, whatever. <laughs> Please don't do that though, okay? But if that were to happen, I would be okay, you know, and I want you to feel that same level of confidence when you start to realize and you start to have that faith in yourself and who you are today and your ability to be resilient in the face of any kind of professional challenge. God, it just gives you this like talisman. It gives you this like glow internally because then you can go out into the world and make decisions not from a place of fear and not from a place of your lack of trust and faith in yourself, but from a place of I got me you know, and I'm going to be okay, even if other people's decisions, you know, leave me hanging or leave me out in the cold. You got you, Trinika. That's how I feel about this. When you start to feel that, and I hope what I'm saying is resonating with you, and you're starting to feel it, and like look in the mirror and like recognize how far you've come, I think you'll start to see that it's not the second job that you need to provide stability. Because honestly, like, they could decide they don't like you either and fire you, you know? All you're doing is, I think anyway, not really working on your inner trust in yourself. So I would sit down and just like do some work, you know, really look at who you are today versus who you were 20 years ago and how differently you would handle that situation. Do you have more savings in the bank? Because 20 years ago, that wake up call, like it taught me when I was laid off, taught me I never wanted to be without three months of savings in the bank at any given time. You know, do you have more savings in the bank? Are you more financially savvy? Do you have a stronger professional network that can lift you up and help you bounce back 
in the face of getting fired or laid off? I'm going to guess that you can answer yes to some of those questions. And so you should feel a lot more confident and at peace that you got you, that you actually don't need a second job for security. What you have, you all, what, what you need, you already have, which is the ability to be resilient and come back and get new work, even if the job you have today decides they no longer need your services. You're in an in-demand field, you know, healthcare, hospice care. I, I don't believe in necessarily stable jobs. And even though someone fought me on that, that nursing is the stable job. Well, listen, I still stand by what I said. There's no job that's stable. Like you said, you can be fired at a moment's notice. So you really just have to believe that the skills that you have will find you and help you find another opportunity. And damn girl, 20 years of experience in that space, and just based on how they're treating you at that hospice center, it shows me that you have incredible skills and you are someone who is valued and trusted. And you could probably be doing this on your own, you know, if you wanted to, you could run your own hospice center if you wanted to, it sounds like. So just work on that faith in yourself and that'll free you up. It'll free you up to get rid of the, the job that is dragging you down. So you don't have to work for people who don't value you. So you don't have to accept that treatment that you know you don't deserve. And you can let that job go, free up more space and time and energy, work full time for a place and see how that feels to work where you're valued. Like how much could you stand to gain by investing even more time working under someone who seems to really respect and value you? Maybe you could learn so much there that you go and run your own hospice center, or they appoint you like, assistant director, or they end up leaving and they want you to take over, like, your path could be so much brighter than you're even letting it, because you have this like cloud of self doubt, you know, sort of hanging over you. And because of that self doubt, you're hanging on to this job that's not serving you. And you're giving them a part of the energy and the sparkle that you should be giving to the job that is valuing the most. Okay. I hope that was helpful. I'm so glad that you felt comfortable being so candid and sharing your question with me. And I just want to say, like, I feel like I know you because I talk to women almost every day. It's an incredible privilege, the work that I get to do. And I know this is the core of why so many of us continue to work where we feel undervalued, underappreciated. And it's because we're operating from the space of I need this and I need to feel secure. And you're looking for that security and that protection and that stability outside of yourself. You're looking at it from your employer. I just hear this so often as a sense of self-doubt that we are, we are looking to external forces like our company, our managers, you know, other people to be our stability and our job security rather than kind of looking internally and recognizing what tools do I have in my toolbox that make me secure, that I can be my own form of job security, that yes, eventually I will need other people, companies, corporations to employ me so that I can, you know, be compensated for my skills. But that even if one place doesn't want me, I know that I have skills that another place will. And so when we start to like do that work to build confidence in our own skill set, and if you don't feel confident, you know, asking someone like me from the outside to look at your experience and help big you up, like, you know, make you show you what a badass you are. It can also, and maybe it's also a, a point where you're like, I'd feel more confident if I had a little bit more of this or a little bit more of that. 
But I can tell you time and time again, it's really just about sitting down and reminding yourself of who you are, what skills and value you bring to the table. And then that starts to become, like I said, a talisman that helps carry you forward more confidently. And then you can start making job choices from a place of self-confidence. And you're not so beholden to getting that affirmation and the value from other places because you know, deep down, you've got you. You've got what it takes to bounce back if and when someone else decides that, you know, you're dispensable, you're disposable. All right, Trinika, thank you again for your question. Thank y'all BA fam for letting me answer y'all's questions. Again, you can hit us up. We are Brown Ambition Podcast on Instagram. So slide into our DM, send us a question, type it out if you want it right on the show. But hey, if you want to potentially be in the audience or sorry, in the studio with us, then you can leave a voice note with your full question and you may be hearing from our producer. You never know. Until next time, BA fam, I am Mandy Money. I will see y'all later. Bye. Hey, BA fam, we could not do this show without your support or the support of our team behind the scenes. The Brown Ambition podcast is produced by Cumulus Podcast Network. It's edited by the wonderful Imani Crosby and produced by Tanya Bustos. Dennis Stemplinski is our in-house tech guru. And I am Mandy Woodruff Santos, your co-host. And I will see y'all next week. The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen.